One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to another insightful episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today, I have not one, but two absolutely awesome yogis to share with you. Bryony and Dice speak to us on their bustling yoga career and how they keep their relationships spicy while teaching yoga, traveling the world, and parenting two children. <laughs> We've tried in the past on the business side to have assistants or, or managers or things like that, but it boils down to what, why we're doing this, and we're doing this because we love connecting with people. Listen close as we give you the double dose on this great episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Briny and Dice. Good morning. Super excited to have you guys on today, Briny and Dice. <laughs> so excited to be here. Excited to be here, man. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to interview you guys um, on this beautiful Santa Monica day. It's absolutely sunny on November. Like, who would have thought that? So lucky. LA. Beautiful place to live, right? Warm or warmer. That's pretty much the (laughs) There's no seasons. It's just two. We're lucky. But we've all got our, you know, our winter gear out. (laughs) Your sweater. Sweater sweater. plus the Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So here on the Yoga Revealed podcast, we really like to kind of go into the depth of how yoga was revealed to your life. And I'm really excited to have you both on at the same time because it's like your life has been this beautiful collaboration of a relationship. And as you laugh, I mean, yeah, it looks yeah, beautiful. But, 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 but no, it's, it's, that's very true. I think we're laughing because it's, it's a great way to put it. So yeah. It's been a collaboration. Constant collaboration. Constant collaboration. <laughs> and, and, uh, on all levels, you know, yeah. yoga brought us together. Um, and it continues to keep, continues to help us check in daily with ourselves and with each other and our kids and the whole, the whole spectrum of what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to talk about, um, the beginning, like the start for you, Bryony, and, um, where your yoga journey perhaps began mm. or who revealed yoga to you first. Um, I think... Many people will relate when I say I found yoga at a very dark place in my life. Um, I was really young and in the music industry in Thailand and not treating my body very well. I was bulimic and anorexic from the age of 12, 13. Wow. Um, yeah, it, was, it took up until 21 to actually stop abusing my body that way, actually, when I was pregnant with my daughter. But yoga, I found on a trip to India, I was working um, as a host for a, kind of like a 
travel show in Thailand and I stayed on a couple of not a couple of weeks maybe like a week and a half just to explore and I walked into an ashram just out of the necessity of connecting with people <laughs> I was really young I was only 15 going on 16 and traveling by myself so saw some uh, what I thought were Americans weren't Americans but still they spoke English and had my first yoga experience there and um, it was really hard. I thought it was really challenging and hard. And at moments, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to get through the practice. But what I felt at the end was what kept me coming back, which was, hey, I just spent you know almost two hours not thinking about my body image, not thinking about whether I fit in or whether people liked me. And I just felt really good in my body. It was that first experience of practicing self-care. And so I, I went back to Thailand and the only studio there was at the time in 97 or so mm-hmm. was a Bikram studio. Mm. So I practiced hot yoga for quite a while and I, I really liked it. I just loved yoga. It helped me clear my mind on a daily basis, helped me start on a, a better path towards self-love. Yeah. And at that time were a lot of things in your life, um, kind of pointing you towards yoga or was it more so you being extracted from all of the hustle and bustle of your life that brought you to yoga? Um, good question. Nothing in my life was pointing me to yoga. <laughs> you know, the, the whole lifestyle was you were awake at night, you did tons of drugs, you know. It, what were you doing at this time? I was singing. I was an, an artist in Thailand and all of Asia and uh, Southeast Asia and Japan at the same time. So like a I pop would. pop star? Pop star, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, back in the 90s before piracy. Uh-huh. Pop I... star turned yogi? Look <laughs> yes. at you. I still have my first album on cassette tape, which, you know, to date is sold like five million. So. Wow. Cassettes. Cassette. <laughs> <laughs> we showed one to Taylor the other day, and she Our was daughter. like, what is this? You went platinum in like, cassettes? Yeah. Walking around like, what, what do you do I went with platinum in cassettes and CDs, because, you know, I had 10 albums from the age of... 11 till about 21. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an amazing ride. And it wasn't all bad. It was just the way that I chose to, to lead my life wasn't the best, you know, partying and way too much partying. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun from what I can remember. Uh, but no, to answer your question directly, nothing was leading me towards there. It was more like a refuge, you know, when I finally found yoga. Um, it was a place where I could go to to, to stop or at least to stop my mind from taking its normal path. Hmm. Yeah. And what kind of cultivated your practice? What allowed you to continue upon that path? What was like the the driving, drawing factor to you continuing to go to yoga every day? What drew me to yoga every day was it explained or it explained the confusion in my head at the moments that I was clear. I I felt like I loved partying and at the moments that I was partying, I felt loved by my friends. I felt accepted and there was that, you know, kind of drug bond (laughs) Um, to be super blunt. But I also knew deep down inside, as, as young as I was, that this wasn't real. You know, that I couldn't possibly be doing this for the rest of my life, that life had so much more, but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't I didn't feel like I had the tools. And each time I practiced yoga, each time I felt that confusion and, and you know, went to the mat, 
I felt some clarity, like there was a different purpose in my life other than just being accepted by people because, you know, the, the, the struggle I had with body image and self-acceptance translated, not translated, but it was worsened by what I was doing, you know, being in, in the limelight and, you know, having albums sell really well and then all of a sudden not. And, you know, over 10 years, a lot changed in the music industry. Piracy was a big part of it. But there was a lot of rejection that I experienced and mm. didn't know what to make of it. And yoga really helped me realize that these are just parts of life. They, they, they make you stronger if you can um, take what you need out of those experiences and move forward. Awesome. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit more about how you decided to become a teacher of yoga. <laughs> yes. Uh, the biggest turning point in my life uh, was when I was pregnant with my daughter, Taylor. I was 21 in the middle of um, my, my last tour, which at the time I didn't know it was my last tour. Um, and I found out I was pregnant. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm pregnant. What am I going to do? I'd already broken up with my boyfriend at the time who was the father of my child. And I didn't know I was pregnant until four months in. So, because um, I was always a regular, just, you know, in case someone's listening to this and they're saying, how could you not know you were pregnant? Mm-hmm. Well, always irregular. So it was a huge uh, turning point because all of a sudden, all of the choices I was making weren't just about me. They were about someone else, you know, about my daughter. And um, I decided at the time right away, I didn't decide to teach yoga. Actually, I moved into the fashion industry for a few years. But um, she was the the driving force when it came to teaching yoga because I had failed miserably in the fashion industry. It was right at the crash of the market here in the U.S., the last crash, well, two crashes ago now. (laughs) Um, And and, uh, I just really wanted to do something that was meaningful and would be a great role model in my daughter's life. And I had been practicing yoga for so long. Right at that same time, I had been practicing Catherine Budig's class for about a year. And she really embodied, you know, this new modern uh, yoga teacher. You know, in the past, most of the yoga teachers I'd taken from were wearing unitards or loincloths. And, you know, they're older and living a a certain type of lifestyle that I didn't really resonate with. But um, Catherine really inspired me. And I thought, wow, she's young. She's, you know teaching, she's bringing the yoga, traditional yoga into the new kind of mindset of living and making it accessible. And so I decided to start teaching yoga because of my daughter and Catherine. That's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Um, let's go over to you, Bryce. <laughs> that's why we use that's why yeah, we use Bryce. <laughs> Bryce. I answer to Bryce. I answer to I think Brian would be the hard one, but I'll answer to Bryce or Bryce. That's why we called it that. That's why we called it Bryce oh Yoga because it's so easy. Goodness. Inevitably, someone will call exactly. one of us Bryce. I love it. Dice. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce is fine too. <laughs> I'm happy that, that you enjoy it. I'm easy. I'm all right. I, I can tell. You're very docile. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. He's docile. Like <laughs> no, that's beautiful. <laughs> so. Let's hear a little bit about your yoga beginnings and how yoga was revealed to you, Dice. Uh, let's see. Yoga was revealed to me um, really around August 2007. Um, you know the exact month? I know the, the exact, exact day. I, know the, I remember the class. I remember everything. Yeah? Yeah. Let's um, hear about it. Was it Sarah uh, Ivanov? 
It was Sarah Ivanhoe hmm. over at uh, Yoga Works Montana. It was a 6 p.m. class on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, but b- before I took that class, I, um, you know, I think throughout my life, I definitely knew that I was a physical being, meaning I, I needed to move my body to feel somewhat normal or, or, or at peace. Did I you think. play sports? Uh, a lot of sports, yeah. Like um, what? Hockey for a good six years in my younger years, baseball for six or seven years. Um, com- both of those competitively swam for a good four years competitively as well. But, um, as I got older, it just became more of like going to the gym, working out, lifting weights, running, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, but I-, I graduated from UCLA and ended up working for, uh, a clothing line, uh, an apparel, uh, athletic apparel company. Which one? Lululemon. Ah. Yeah, over in Beverly Hills. That's cool. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know what their policies are now, but any full-time employee could, you could go around town and take any any classes, Pilates, yoga, you name it, and they'd reimburse you the money because you're repping their stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. I tried everything that was out there from spinning to, yeah, all, all of it. And yoga, I think I was always apprehensive because... For most people, I think the stigma still is attached, but the idea of yoga is like flexible body. Maybe it's a cult. Maybe, you know, I mean, there's so many things that people don't understand about it, and I didn't either. So I finally was like, all right, fine, I'll try a yoga class. And I got into a vinyasa flow class. And, um, you know, I, I've worked hard in any sport I've ever done, dedicated to it, really put my all into it. But that yoga class, <laughs> I put my all into it, but at the same time, I felt like I was just, uh, I don't know. I, I I felt worked, my ass was handed to me, <laughs> but at the same time, I felt so present. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there wasn't much thought of like, where am I going after this? What's going on? What just happened? It was like, no, I'm here on my back. Everybody's upside down right now. All I can do is lay here and be okay with this. And it was, um, and Sarah's classes are Sarah, pretty, she's pretty intense. And yeah. obviously not only physically speaking, she was tapping into my mind, which no physical thing that I'd ever done had ever made me not necessarily think, but get that much into my head and my body at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it had me hooked. I mean, I was really, I remember about 70 minutes into class, she gave people the option to go upside down, and I literally had to lie down and, and just uh, basically in pre Shavasana for a good, <laughs> however long, and my eyes were open, kind of, you know, observing the room, watching these people do their stuff, and being inspired to see people on their head, on their hands, on their forearms, and doing their thing. But also, it was nice because she came over and was like, Are you okay? I never had an instructor or anybody say, you know, normally, you know, CrossFit or, or any aerobic thing, they're like, suck it up. Just go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, are you okay? Do you need any help? Do you need me to help you up or anything? Because I guess I look that bad. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I'm actually cool. I'm I'm really loving being right here. Right I thought now. you said get horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm relaxing right now, you know. So that was my first experience with yoga. And honestly, after that experience, the next day I went back to another class. I don't think it was her. Um. But I didn't take a day off of at least the asana practice for a good four months after that. I mean, it literally pulled me in. You were inspired. I, I was super inspired. And I, I found something that, honestly, I think at the time, I didn't, I felt happy, but I couldn't really, um, I couldn't really describe my feelings. And it was just more like, go, do it. And there wasn't much thought behind it, I guess, which maybe in hindsight, you should always think about what you're doing. But I just loved it enough that it was just go. It was intuitive. Uh, yeah, I think it was something that, you know, when people say that these things aren't necessarily things that you learn, but they're already inside of you, it's just bringing them out or, you know, these, uh, yeah, things can be dormant. And I think with yoga, things started to peel away or open up. 
Um, and after about four months of practicing, went through a teacher training, which Lululemon amazingly funded half of it. I wow. mean, it was a really, they're a really good company as far as when they want to back people up and mm-hmm. they're really great at encouraging people to do what they love. So went through TT and I mean, who'd you do your TT with? So I did it at City Yoga, which is now Yoga Works yeah. over on Fairfax and Santa Monica in West Hollywood. Um, I did it with Noam Aze, uh, Rebecca Beninati, Anthony Beninati, Tara Judell, and Camilla Bergstrom. So a lot of Anusara people. Mm-hmm. And it was an Anusara TT. It was the last one they did there. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that took five months. I went part-time during those five months at Lulu. And as soon as I graduated the, the TT, I was lucky enough to get gigs everywhere. So I just quit and went full-time teaching really um, back in 2008. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a whirlwind, a beautiful whirlwind, and I mean, you know, you never know what's coming, but like to really look back now, when I think about it, it's a, it's really been amazing to watch. And when did you two meet? So we met in 2010. I know the date. If you want that, <laughs> well, yeah. No, what was the date and no, time? No, 2009. I'm like, wait. 2000. He's usually <laughs> right, but he's not right right now. He's usually right. Oh, I like that. Uh, no. About when we met. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's it. That's it. Sorry. Uh, Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> no, no. Around November 2009, well, even before that, we knew about each other for a good yeah. six months to a year before we'd actually he met. taught. We taught in Santa Monica, you know, in that little bubble. Bubble, And yeah. I was at a place called Yogi's Anonymous. He was at Home Simply Yoga. Yeah, Home Simply. Home Simply. And we would get the same students. And I would, you know, for six months, students would be like, do you know this guy, Dice? I'm like, no, I don't know him. But he looks like you. He sounds like you. I thought, oh, he must be Asian then. <laughs> <laughs> he must be a halfer because we look slightly white, but definitely Asian. Um, so yeah, the, the whole he looks like you. She looks like you. I was like, so I I should be dating someone that looks like me. Is that, is that what I'm <laughs> But they thought but, that we taught similarly. And they, and they always no. talked about it. Yeah. So I we knew about each other for quite a while, and then um, one of our fellow teacher, someone that we were taking from quite often, actually. Um, Christy, Christy Cahill. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal teacher. Um, Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Took her class last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she she basically was trying to hook us up, but we were with people at the time. I'm sorry, you weren't with anybody. You, you weren't even dating. You were, you were just, <laughs> I was dating. I, you were dating. It was okay. at one point, one time in my life where I was like, I'm going to just date. You know, I'm not going to be in relationships because... We're the same. We're both relationship people. And so mm-hmm. I make sure that I say, no, I was not in a relationship. I, I was, was in a dating. relationship. I was in a relationship with a, another yogini out here. But it was around November 2009, around Thanksgiving. We were in Krista's class. That was the first time I met her. But we were both with, you know... Other significant people. others. Significant others. Mm-hmm. I wasn't with anybody. I was uh, by myself. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was by myself. Okay. Uh, but... Um, January 2010, we both were single. I, I'm, I'm already, a, um, when it comes to the ladies, I can be a little shy you know, all throughout my life. I mean, it's like, you know. I Did get she little, make the first move? She, oh. she didn't make the first move. I, I went to her class. I, but, Krista, but, but, Krista was playing Cupid, so Krista so she's said, trying, hey, Dice yeah, is so, going to come to your class. He's going to ask you out. I was like, oh, my God, he's so cute. You know, he's like this hot yoga hunk. Um, that's what I thought. At well, least. I go to her class and I don't know, for whatever reason, I was really nervous around her, like more than normal <laughs> to the point where after class I was like, great class. Thanks for class. Here's my business card. If you want to hang out, I gave her my business card. 
So she she's like, okay. And I just didn't think anything of it. But she puts the business card apparently in her car and lets it sit there for a month. Because I thought, does he want me to call him? I'm not going to call him. He's the call business me. card? Yeah. Oh, oh, I, you know, that's totally a dice move. Uh, it wasn't a month. It was a week. But I came back to your dashboard. class because Krista calls me. He goes, did you ask her out? And I was like... No. no. And then she, she said, She called me and she said, So when are you guys going out? And I said, Well, he gave me. She goes, What's wrong with him? <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, but she did call me. She, and called, then she, me, called, she me. called me and told me, Go back to the class and ask her. <laughs> I go back to your class a second time. I didn't ask you out. No, you didn't. You didn't at all. So What happened? You just went in? He's like, Hey, hi again. Uh-oh. So he texts me that same day after the he second He got your time. number this time. Though. Yeah, I From did. From Krista. Krista goes, I'm just going to give him your number. And he's just going to text you. I was like, okay. Right. And Krista <laughs> is so, like, determined. <laughs> yes. She's like, she is super she's determined. Like, What's wrong this with you? is what's happening. I so text, he texts me. I text Brad, hey, and I think this is actually verbatim. We should hang out sometime, dot, dot, dot. Her answer right back. And this is now, now that I think about it, this is so Bri. This is my wife. This is her. She goes, Pick a date and ask me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she said. I was like, laying oh, down the law. Okay. Saturday, Jerome Mercier's class. Let's go to his day. class, 4 p.m. on a Saturday, February 6th, 2010. Then we went and had sushi after. And, and that lasted seven years. <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> Six years. And then honestly. After sushi. Yeah. <laughs> she. <laughs> I, and, and funny story is, I had just gotten my own apartment for the first time in my life. Like, I had always had roommates or lived with a significant other, you know, and I got my own apartment for a good week and a half. <laughs> and then I met her or we started hanging out she moved in she literally moved in oh like, like, my slowly God. her clothes started coming in I, I didn't have any problem with it but I was like oh wow I really only had a week and a half of my own <laughs> I was gone a lot though because at the time my daughter was still living in Texas mm. um, so I was in Texas a lot yeah. yeah, it was a nice it was a really great time you know we say that a lot you know timing really was of the essence of you know, yeah. during when we first met because everything worked out really well for us uh, he was working a lot and I was struggling to find a job because, <laughs> you know, at the time everybody was a female for the most part. And yeah, definitely, I got female. lucky being a male teacher in LA, and, and I think I was running twenty to twenty-two classes a week on top of wow. three, and I would four, just five privates. Go a with week, him so. in his car. She'd just drive every. She'd take my class two or three times a day and just drive with me to privates, and Aww. my private clients got to know her. It was. It was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah. And was your practice at the time mostly influenced by Anya Sara or did it begin to develop into your own type of flow? Oh, I mean, even now it's still I was inspired and definitely pulling from so many different modalities and people, but I mean I was taking primarily a lot from the Cahills, so there was a lot of airtime there. I think that's where I found a lot of love for being on my hands and being upside down. But also taking a lot of Anya Sara classes from from Noah, from Anthony, but also from a guy named Chris Chavez, who's now based out of Turkey. But he was in L.A. teaching classes in his apartment. He had a one-bedroom apartment, but he dedicated the living room to his yoga shala. So it was empty, but he could fit 20 people, like, mat to mat. Like, you were in there, like, Vinnie Marino style on top of each other. Sardines. But, but it, it's still, to this day, is one of my amazing. favorite classes, energetically, spiritually. Well? Oh, yeah, and then also Raghunath, um was out here during that time. And so I got to... I, I just, I've been so lucky and blessed with all the people I've been able to learn from and, and, and be inspired by, or be inspired from. Annie. So, oh yeah, Annie. Annie. But I definitely, I think I was Anisara heavy then, but also 
inversion heavy. I, have, I mean, both still remain within me, I think. And and what about inversions draws you so much to that practice? I am a big kid. And, <laughs> like, a, you know, I really am a child. <laughs> Sometimes in, in a mad way she tells me I'm a child. But I'm, I'm totally a, a, a big child. And I think inversions, you know, they can build confidence and courage in people. But for me, they've helped me build a little more courage. But more than anything, it just helps me to feel playful and being like a kid and obviously you can get very rigid with the arm balance handstand or hand balance practice but I think for me it's always a reminder to stay a little bit lighter and, and be happy you know mm-hmm. if I'm feeling a little bit down if I get upside down or get on my hands normally the smile flips upside down or the frown goes upside down so <laughs> um yeah I think and that'll always remain I mean obviously there's so many physical benefits but for me it's just really um a place I get to connect with my inner child over and over again. Definitely. Yeah. So at this time, you guys are together. Um, you're kind of traveling to all of his yoga classes. When did it evolve into rice yoga? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, we were we were teaching uh, a lot at our studio. Now is our studio called Black Dog mm-hmm. um, in Sherman Oaks. We were both teaching separate classes and. Um, People were just asking for us to teach a workshop together. together. I think it was it started with an acro. Oh no, actually, it started with a charity workshop yeah. that we co-taught for the tsunami in Japan years ago, mm. and we, we just and really liked it. And we also started getting a little bit of, you know, close inquiries like Phoenix. We went to Life Power. Yes, and we that was the yeah. first experience really teaching together workshop style, having like a menu and. Going I think there. it was the Cahills. You know, they were already teaching and traveling yeah. and. We went to assist them in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, and we got to see what you know what it was like, what the dynamic was like, and the possibilities, and how they get to travel the world together and, and make money while doing it, and also have each other do what they love. So yeah. we had some opportunities. Like you said, Phoenix was the first one, and then the Equinox videos came out that following year. Yeah, so that yeah. Really, those were big time. Were you guys... Yeah teaching at Equinox as well at that time? Yes. Yep, we were teaching at, he, he was teaching at Equinox first, and then right before that I started teaching. And we just, you know, amazingly got got lucky with that. You know, they um, a guy named Keith Iris, who, who's a lovely guy, the and regional, regional manager, manager yeah. um, for Equinox on the West Coast. And he recommended me for that first video. And I think you got lucky. You were the right person. <laughs> well, was, there's lots of, yeah. lots of... You were definitely the right person. Right person. <laughs> Thank you. Good. you, you <laughs> that video is absolutely videos, artful. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Artful. Thank you. So many, so many amazing people were involved that made it really what it was. And all we did was fly there, show up with a sequence, and do it a million times. <laughs> but it was really fun and great experiences in the beginning. And definitely the Equinox videos... Along with Yoga Glow, um, the platform that Dice is teaching has been teaching on for quite a while now since the beginning. Those both helped propel us into what we're doing now. I think the Bryce Yoga term though came about more like maybe twenty twelve, so I mean around yeah, right around the time that we decided to start doing teacher trainings and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. We were we traveling just Brian and Dice for a while. Yeah, it was just Brian and Dice and then <coughs> Bless you. And then like you did in the beginning, somehow when Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. We, uh, people were calling either one of us Bryce, so it ended up becoming Bryce Yoga from there. It was just easy. <laughs> Brian Dice Yoga became Bryce. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So nowadays, how do you manage your travel? Is it all managed by you two? Yeah. Bryce is an amazing businesswoman, and she's great at handling correspondence and 
keeping connections with people that way, you know. Um, so she she really does. And anytime any inquiry, if it comes through my channels, it's thank you for inquiring. I'm gonna send you over to my wife now, <laughs> and then she she likes to connect the dots because. The other thing is with, with our with, with my stepdaughter, um, we you know we have her on and off. So whenever she's with her dad, that's when we go and travel. So Bri really handles a lot of the scheduling, tries to make it fit. So um, the travel is I mean everything has been managed by us, not by anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> We've tried in the past on the business side to have assistants or or managers or things like that, but we it boils down to what why we're doing this and. We're doing this because we love connecting with people, and and I also am very passionate about business. I studied, you know, in university I studied business, so it's it's something that really inspires me, you know, to see just to be able to be present enough to see where you are and the opportunities that you have. Um, and one, I would say, like eighty percent of our business is about networking and and relationships. So if you leave that up to somebody else who's representing you, it's it's really hard to connect with the people who are trusting you and and wanting you to come and share with them. So we keep that in house. <laughs> beautiful. It's it's tough. It's a tough uh, it's a tough thing because we do have the determining factor in our schedule being somebody else's schedule. My mm-hmm. exes, and he travels as much if not more than we do so it's coordinating years and years in advance and having you know asking people who inquire to have us teach to wait you know two years until they get a date you know and every time we go somewhere it's like wow we have been coordinating this for two years Mm. it's amazing but really worth it and really fun yeah so right now how do you feel um as far as the future of your teaching career because you have you know, another little one as well, little yeah. Sydney, yeah. who's absolutely awesome. I met him the other day at the, the jacuzzi. Like he <laughs> threw toys at people and danced around. Naked. Naked. Yeah, hey. He's wearing his birthday suit. That's how he, it should he's be. a happy guy. A happy guy. Absolutely happy so and beautiful. Happy. Yeah, he's he was, you know, two months old when we first took him on a traveling, you know, excursion and we took him to Thailand for uh, to Asia for three months at two months old, mm. um, and taught a two hundred hour. Was our first one or our second one? It was our first one. The first one. First two hundred hour, and then right after that was a tour of all the pure yogas in Asia. Right. He's been traveling a lot since he was two months. So. But he has a a really easy personality when it comes to traveling. You know, before. I think since he traveled so early, he just kind of thinks, oh, airplanes are what everybody does. So now he's excited to go on an airplane. Hmm. I'm not going to say he's a saint. You know, he's not. He screams and cries like every other kid does. But within reason, because, you know, if he's uncomfortable or he's tired, he gets woken up because the plane decides it's time to eat breakfast or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But typically he's pretty easy and he makes it really fun. And it's been a, a such a whirlwind, but an amazing two and a half years of traveling with him. And I think, I mean, going back to your question, I think we're, the, the amount that we're traveling now, we're, we're so stoked to be able to do it, to do it. But we're, you know, we're talking about having a third, another, another child. And um, I think travel may have to slow down just a little, not a lot. And, That's I mean, his opinion. <laughs> oh my goodness. The no. businesswoman has spoken. She's spoken. But, you know, l- lately, lately I've been, I've been starting to go and do more workshops solo. And I think that has been helping out as far as allowing her to be home. She's home with the kids a little bit. 
gives her some downtime and, and I'm you know because a lot of these places will ask can we have both of you or can we have one of you so just as long as we're still representing the both of us it's okay if one goes solo so that's been opening up new doors and making it a little yeah. more accessible so the kids can have a little more grounding time and have the routine um, and you know so I think that's the way we're going but <laughs> yeah. I think we're still making big trips obviously together trips of more than a month that's when he comes but otherwise yeah. it's hard on him Dice Dice is very he grew up in a very structured way like so he's a very structured person he thrives off of structure and it's been really interesting getting to know a brain like that because I don't have much structure um, and and it's been you know that could be a, a plus of course but it's also in the past been kind of like the reason why you know I was crazy when I was a teenager because I'm like woo let's try this let's try that um, but after this is just a pre-story <laughs> after you know retiring from the music industry at 21 I, I had a lot of time to look back and see how I didn't appreciate what I was doing um, actually even running away from it at times and taking it for granted because I was young. So this trip around, this time, um, I see what an amazing time we're living in and these amazing opportunities that we have to share what we love. And I'm maybe too too negative sometimes, so focused on being present, super present in these opportunities as possible and being open to, you know, just seeing what's in front of us so that we can ride the waves rather than forcing it or rather than missing it. So what I've seen so far is like in when we are open to these opportunities, just showing themselves up, you know, um, they come and it's like we, we kind of said, oh, maybe we'll have another kid. I really want another kid, but you know, there's work and then there's, oh, body image and then there's practice and, you know, all these different things that, that us yogis think about when it comes to sacrificing our time to have children. I think that's kind of what the mindset is these days with a lot of yogis. Mm. Um, it's when we decide or when we're like, oh, we're not sure, it's, let's just be open to it. Things happen and you see them and then you realize, wow, our life is going in a direction that is allowing for us to do the things we want, rather than us just shaping it and forcing it. So it's been really beautiful, you know, with how, you know, we've cultivated the teacher trainings and we've, you know, traveled and we do the workshops and, you know, just living our dreams and all of a sudden opportunities open up to where, hey, you know what, next year we can have another kid. Even though that means me traveling pregnant. And knowing now that I need to take a little more time off before that baby travels and knowing now that we would do things differently, like not co-sleep or, which is really tough for me, um, or not breastfeed for too long or, you know, those things that work better for a working, for working parents. You know, we know now what we need to do, but it's just beautiful when you're open to opportunities rather than forcing them. That's awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful how well you two coincide and you're able to compromise on things you know you're more structured dice and you're more strategic briny and yet and still you make this beautiful couple who are able to flow together seamlessly <laughs> Thank you. Well, so it seems five percent of the time every couple has to have has their but you, their problems. Yeah, i think that's i mean any happens. relationship is not about changing the person you're not trying to make them fit a mold of any kind that you 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 see is uh, how you see your significant other or you're just your partner it doesn't have to be a this kind of relationship but 
it's not about changing someone. It's not even really about changing yourself. It's just being okay with finding more self-love. And I also think, you know, remembering all the qualities that you love about the person that you're with. And because it, it can be so easy to start to nitpick and pull apart the things that you don't like because that's what you start, somehow you start to see all those. And reminding yourself why you guys were together in the first place is, I think, something we both visit all the time. And and also not looking at what the other person can't do as a weakness, but more as something as, oh, no, I can step up here. And, and, and support here and then um, and then in the other places supporting also their positive aspects or the things that really make your your partnership thrive because I mean that that's yoga you know it's not yeah. it's not again fitting a mold or making it something that you see it needs to be it's more like yeah it's very much yoga it's, I it's agree a, it's a dance it's a dance it's a flow like I think people can get stuck in their in their owned ways of doing things you know that cycle that you come across yet again like oh my gosh this is the same girlfriend i've had how many times now and they burn me every time or you know this is the same problem over and over again and it's the same thing for relationships like you as a couple can get stuck in these cycles of like we're back here again you know and and it's and as a team just one of us needs to be able to recognize that cycle yeah. and try and snap it and just and we we've been getting have you know, always getting better and better at yeah like wait whoa 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 may have had a bad day. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Sit down for a moment. Or do you need to talk this out? And typically, it, it, it solves itself. But, you know, you can let things escalate if, if being both accountable. of you are coming in with your... Yeah. yeah. It's being accountable for your own feelings rather than like, you made me feel this right. way or it's your fault, you know. Mm. So if, if you were to give three succinct tips for... <laughs> succinct. Succinct. Okay. Pulling us back. Good job. Thanks. For... Um, the couples out there that are yogis that perhaps are traveling and, you know, dealing with some of the things that you've dealt with in the past, um, what would they be? Number one, love. <laughs> remember that, that there was, there, not was, there is love, but you always have to remember there was love in the beginning, at least. There's always something that brought you guys together and there's something that attracted you both, whether it was physical or it's just there's some sort of chemistry that's going on and you always have to come back to that because I think if you do, you all the other excuse my language but all the other shit will fall away and you'll always remember you'll see the person for who they are and you'll see them as the light or the being that you initially saw and 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 they're still the same person it's just you always have to keep reminding yourself i think the the mind is a is a funny thing so love yeah, so much clouding. find love remember that you guys are in love you're there for love and i think and that there's always more like there's your initial experience in a relationship has a lot to do with your own shit as I said it. it's like what you're projecting on the person and over time you peel away the layers of the onion and that's when you start to see or reevaluate do I like this person because like I think is more important than love because like lasts forever you know and I like dice as a person in general like there's all this shit that happens because we're together 24 7 but I want to spend the rest of my life with him you know because I, what that what I see now is what I really really like, mm-hmm. and love stems from there. Like deep eternal love stems from there. I think yeah. um, that's not very succinct. It's not very succinct. <laughs> but love, that's love. L O V E, and you know where you L I K E. L I K E. Two, uh, for travel. You were talking about traveling. People who are traveling. I think being so mindful about how you treat yourself when you're planning travel and when you're traveling is the key because. People can get so burnt out just by not planning the travel well, you know, layovers for 10 hours or getting in at the wrong time and suffering horrible jet lag. You know, you can be very strategic, as you said, 
about the way you plan your travel and how you treat yourself while you're traveling. Yeah. You do a third one. Three. So we have love. We have travel well. Travel well. Be strategic. But how do you be a yoga couple? Um, I mean, I guess the third one. Find time to practice together. Yeah, I mean, I think. Because so many teachers. It goes back to finding that love again, finding the love of the person, finding the love of the practice. Passion. Especially if you're traveling and teaching. I know this goes for a lot of traveling teachers. They'll say, "The question I always get is, how do you keep your practice up? How do you how do you not like." You know, because you're teaching three workshops in a day and then and you travel to another time zone. How do you, it's so easy to be at the end of the day be like, I'm just tired. I'm not going to, you know. And then you think you practiced a little by demoing, but you really haven't practiced, you know. And, and I don't mean the asana practice either. I think what's more important for a lot of people when they're traveling is really finding time to just sit. Sitting on an airplane is different than sitting in your hotel room, wherever it is, and quiet and just sit. It's very hard for us, obviously, with a kid and all that. So finding finding time to it's do like that. It's like making time. Yeah, it's not and finding time. It's making time. Past to year, we've realized that a lot. Make time for your practice, whatever that means. Whether it is, you know, whatever kind of sadhana it is, whatever kind of practice, that's so important because that's the first place. That's what. That's why we're doing what we do because we fell in love with the yoga practice. Teaching it is the the blessing or the icing on the cake or the cherry on top. We're lucky enough that we get to share what we love with other people. But I think more importantly, remember why you're doing it. It's because you're a student. Can first. I do a fourth? <laughs> yeah, Go for it. This one's really, really important, especially for those who have family, like children, mm-hmm. is make time to make love. Hmm. Not just like have sex because you know your guy needs to have sex. Because women can go forever without sex, you know. <laughs> it's not like, so oh, he's got to have sex. So they so they say. Say. <laughs> so they but you have to make time to make love. Like, you know, set the tone and... Put on you know. reggae, you know. But coconut oil. Just say we Co- like exactly. exactly. Have an intimate yeah. Re- like, yeah. relationship. Like a real connection. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like a... Yeah, just gotta like, do this. Oh, to get it over with, you know, yeah. not like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful that, you know, you still cultivate that type of relationship where you come back to the fundamentals of what makes that relationship so passionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and yeah. the thing is, we haven't, we've just not recently figured this out, but just, I mean, you know, for the, for the first few years after, especially after Sydney was born, it, you know, it, we were scrambling to find, not that we lost touch with each other, but we were definitely trying to find time for one another and, kind of rekindle whatever whatever it was that got us there in the first place and, and we've been really working on communication and getting that to happen so well, what was really interesting though is I have this trauma bond with my daughter and and for me you know we had a horrible custody battle before I met Dyson for me it was like what the most important thing is is your kids and my mom you know being Asian she believes that and kind of instilled it in me like everything in your life is your kids and so we'd been seeing this couples therapist for a little bit. And, and in the first session, he says, the most important thing is you guys, is the couple, because you guys what are good the family. Is, what good is... And yeah. it was so foreign to me. I was like, oh, this guy's bullshit. <laughs> like, mm. I don't want to come back here. You know, this is... But as I meditated on it, as I thought about it and applied it to my life, you know, it has to at least be equal. You know, the, yeah. how important each person is. It has to at least be equal in the family. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your wisdom and knowledge (laughs) and revealing both of your yoga journeys and 
really allowing us to fully see the true colors of your relationship. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Yeah. yeah. Such so, an easy person to talk to. Yeah, it's to. such an easy <laughs> space to share. So, so. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You can find out more about Bryony and Dice at BryceyYoga.com. For more information on their inversion workshops and teacher trainings worldwide, check out their website or drop into one of their many workshops around the globe. Also, make sure to check out their awesome yoga festival, the IG Getaway, at IGGetaway.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and drop us a five-star review if you love the interviews that we do. Join the community online at yogarevealed.com for more behind-the-scenes action. Live light, shine bright. Namaste, yogis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.